A missing persons case is now a murder mystery in Jersey. A teenage girl vanished last week. That touched off a massive police search. That's John Rowland. He was a longtime anchor here at Fox 5. And this report is from a memorably cold week in January, 1999. They found her body not far from her home. But the police still need your help. Get ready to write down a number if you can. 18 years later, if you walk into the police department and many stores in Sayreville, New Jersey, you can still see that number on flyers hanging from the walls. Those are posters with the picture of a girl named Nancy Noga. This is Andrew Carey, currently Middlesex County Prosecutor. When I first got on the job here, I was the, the prosecutor, I was the acting prosecutor. Before I was confirmed, I was at a town hall with the governor, and I was approached by a Sayreville police officer who was very concerned with uh, two cases, two cold cases out of Sayreville. Um, and Sayreville is a small-ish town, but a lot of good, hard-working people. And these two cases have, uh, have bothered them for a long time. The first case was the case involving Michelle Wazinski, who was convicted this last year of murdering her own five-year-old son 25 years ago. And uh, we worked hard to put that together, and Sayreville Police did a great job. And the other case, of course, was this case, the case of Nancy Noga. The case of Nancy Noga, a 17-year-old girl who left her job like she did most nights on January 7th. It should have been a 15-minute walk to her family's apartment, but she never made it. Then, five days later, a neighbor in the apartment complex where Nancy lived was walking his dog back in the woods nearby and saw something out of place, so he called it in. Investigators quickly figured out what the man saw back in those woods was the body of Nancy Noga. Remember, I said this was a particularly cold few days in the early part of the year when detectives discovered Nancy, her body, was frozen solid. I'm Dan Bowens, and you are listening to The Tape Room. It's part of the Fox 5 News network of podcasts. Here, we take a look back at some of the tri-state area's most infamous and unsolved crimes. We think it's important to shed new light on these cases. When a uh, child disappears, it's a parent's greatest prayer that that youngster will be found safe and sound. Of course, that's not going to happen in this case, and now it appears that the caption on this missing poster will have to be changed to murdered. Her death shattered the concept of a comfortable lifestyle in this quiet suburb. About 45,000 people live in Sayreville. It's about an hour's drive from Manhattan. The day Noga's body was discovered, state police were out in force in town, handing out flyers, looking for clues, witnesses, someone who might know something. On Thursday, January 7th, 17-year-old Nancy Noga left her job at the rag shop at about 6 p.m. She was walking to her home at this apartment complex less than a mile away. She hadn't been seen since, that is until today. What kind of girl was she that, that of what we do know about her? I can tell you that she was a hard-working 17-year-old uh, girl. She was a high school senior. 
Sergeant Scott Krakow is now an investigator with the Middlesex County Prosecutor's Office. He also used to work in Old Bridge, it's right next to Sayerville, and is where Nancy's job was, the rag shop. It's a little arts and crafts store. She worked part to full time at the rag shop in Old Bridge, um, right after school she would go to work. She would put in her hours there and, and, and then she would go home. Um, all accounts is that she was a good, hardworking young, young girl, 17 years old at the time. A high school senior, she was planning to serve her country after graduation and was all set to join the Air Force. She leaves work. She's working at the rag shop, which is actually located in Old Bridge, which is maybe a half a mile from her house. She actually lives in Sayreville, but works at the rag shop in Old Bridge, but again, half a mile from her residence. She leaves work at 6.15 p.m. on January 7th, 1999. On foot, like she always does, um, carrying her backpack, and all accounts is that she's heading straight home. She never returns home, and at approximately 8.52 that same evening, her father reports her missing to the Sayreville Police Department. And that happened pretty quickly, I mean, because it sounds like that was pretty unusual for her not to sort of say where she was or what she was doing. It was. Nancy had a strict upbringing, and she was expected home every night at a certain time, and when she didn't come home at that time, her dad reported her missing. Now, Sayreville has a deadly mystery on its hands, and those who knew Nancy are heartbroken. This is a sick crime in that she'll never move on to see the Air Force or see her aspiration that she dreamed of. It's awful, you know. It's just they, they moved, actually, from where they moved from because of things like this. Oh. To move to this neighborhood to avoid them, and, and this is just something that shouldn't happen. Again, this is Middlesex County Prosecutor Andrew Carey. Looking back at some of our reporting at the time, you can see that there was a big community outreach. I mean, people were handing out flyers. There was a big coordinated volunteer effort to try to find her. I mean, and that happened pretty quickly. Correct, did, yes. What did that say about the community at the time? I mean, and, and sort of the importance that this took on? It's a very close-knit community, a lot of hard-working people. You know, they try to, to, to go to work and come home and take care of each other. And uh, it's, a, it's a very uh, well-respected community where they take pride in who they are. And, you know, you know despite those efforts, she wasn't found until uh, January 12th. And, but the, it was very cold out that night, so the condition of, um, of the body was fairly well-preserved. So at least we got some uh, forensic evidence uh, based on that. And, and five days later, it was... A guy just walking his dog came upon the body. How did she get discovered? Basically, 
basically that area there is a small wooded area that connects a development to the mini mall on Ernston Road. This is a small wooded area between the res uh, residential area and the mini mall. And there's a walkway through there that leads um, from the mall to the residence. And a, a gentleman that morning walking his dog stumbled across what he obviously observed as a body. Later, later was identified as Nancy. And so here we've just in our conversation have established that this is a hard-working high school student intending to serve her country, disciplined, comes from a, a what seems like a good family, and she's found murdered and found in this terrible place behind the off the beaten path and under inches of snow. I mean, what immediately goes through the minds of uh, investigators at that point? Obviously, it becomes a very important case to everybody involved. Um, in a small, tight-knit community like that, it's not something that's seen very often. So it took on, you know, a life of its own. It became a, a major investigation. And where does that investigation sort of go first? I mean, who is it? Are we looking at family and friends, or, or are you sort of find, trying to find drifters that are passing through? I mean, what, what's sort of the first step in a case like this? really go wide. One of the things that the detectives work very hard to do is not to exclude anybody, um, and even if they think they have a direction to go, to go down every single dead end to be sure of, of getting it right. Um, some of the things from the crime scene itself gave gave indications that it, it most likely wasn't a pre-planned event to any extent. The, the murder weapon was uh, uh, a stick of sorts that we believe was most likely picked up in the woods um, so that was some indication um, of what happened that night but we really go wide and uh, even when we think we have the answer we want to verify it and, and what was the thought there what was the thought that it may have been somebody she knew I mean you try not to get too uh, centered on any specific theory it, it, at that point it's wide open and you have to look at every possible lead. Obviously, you start with the people that are closest to her and, and branch out from there. Beaten, dragged into the woods, left for dead. Investigators interviewed her relatives, friends, and acquaintances, more than 500 people, and got nowhere. If it wasn't someone she knew, then a random crime of chance, a drifter, a stranger, someone with a crime of opportunity. They put out a sketch, a potential suspect, someone who was seen walking out of the woods around the same time. Still nothing. Years go by. Nothing. At this point, the trail has gone cold. It's a little bit frustrating, but we're hoping that somebody comes forward, uh, maybe even somebody listening to this. But recently, some progress, even if very minor, based on DNA evidence. When I got here, one of the things that the Chiefs and I uh, are dedicated to is pulling off the cold cases off the shelf at least once a year, dusting them off and see if there's anything we can do. In this particular case, within the last few months, um, we did some work on it where back in, in 1999, uh, we knew we had some DNA um, from Ms. Noga's body, and we had partially ruled out somebody due to that DNA. We weren't completely confident in that ruling out, so... Recently, the detectives of uh, Middlesex County Prosecutor's Office uh, traveled out of state, got a new DNA sample, 
and we were able to exclude that person um, as being the source of the DNA, but that allowed us to refocus our efforts uh, in other directions. Nineteen ninety nine was less than twenty years ago, but in many ways it was another world. No iPhones, no social media, no Instagram, Snapchat, not many photos of Nancy still floating out there on the internet. Just the one where she's smiling, that teenaged promise in her eyes, that same picture with the phone number hanging on that police station wall, now also posted on the department's Facebook page, with the words, quote, We will never stop. There is no statute of limitations for murder, and we remain resolved to solve this case and bring the responsible party to justice. If you think you have information about this case, you can call the Sayreville Police Department. That number, 732-727-4444. That number, 732-727-4444. They also have an email address, unsolved at sayervillepolice.org. The Tape Room is part of the Fox 5 Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan Bowens. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Matt Onimus. Our executive producers are myself, Matt Onimus, and Ahmad Asgar. Byron Harmon is vice president of Fox 5 News, and Lou Leone is vice president and general manager. If you have any information regarding this crime, you are encouraged to call Crime Stoppers, 1-800-577-TIPS, 1-800-577-TIPS. Stay tuned for the next episode of The Tape Room. Pros in the know start with Lowe's, because at Lowe's, pros can find the tools they need at the prices they want. Save big on select pneumatics and power tool accessories like the Hitachi 15-gauge finishing nailer, now only $129. And pick up a DeWalt 27-pack screwdriver bit set for only $9.98. Plus, save time by ordering ahead online and your order will be ready for pickup in-store. Stop by the Pro Desk or visit Lowe'sForPros.com for details. So, Pro, now that you know, start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 1-6-2019 while supplies last, U.S. only.